Today's podcast is brought to you by Howie's new book, Paperboy. To order today, go to HowieCarshow.com and click on store. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio, it's the Grace Curley Show. we got to bring in a new voice, a young voice, a rising voice, Grace Curley. You can read Grace's work in the Boston Herald and the Spectator. Especially, Grace, Grace, stand up. Here's the millennial with the mic, Grace Curley. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to the Grace Curley Show. Thank you all so much for joining us today and hopefully for this whole week we have an exciting week of shows ahead and jared i think it's only right that i start by talking about something i'm an expert in and that would be sports i think that everyone tunes into this show to hear my take on football in the nfl kidding of course but i am going to give you guys Sports go sports. Just some hot takes. Athletics are number one. Go team, yeah. And I think that I have enough experience because I watched the entire game. Okay, so what else do you need to know? This is my expertise. I watched the entire game. Okay, so just a couple takeaways. Let me give you a brief rundown. I thought when this game started that I was not going to care because I don't really have any connection to either team. And it was... Actually, something I kept saying to people is it's kind of nice when the Patriots aren't in it, which I know you're not supposed to say in New England, but it takes a little bit of the pressure off. You can just watch it and not really care. But I started to have a preference for the Niners as the day went on, and I started to get really sick of the coverage of Travis Kelsey and Taylor Swift and all this stuff. And then all of a sudden, by the middle of the game, I was like, I really want the 49ers to win. And I was just as invested as I am when the Patriots are in it. So that whole thing was a bust as far as, you know, not caring and enjoying myself. But the part of this that I want to say, I feel kind of vindicated too, because I went on Twitter and a lot of, or X, whatever you want to call it, a lot of people agree with me. I find Tony Romo to be extremely annoying. And, and I like him. I've, I've actually, this is a weird fact, but remember I went to Ireland last year, Jared, and a couple on the trip, their son, or there was some connection, their son went to high school at the same high school Tony Romo went to. And by all accounts, he's a very charitable, nice person. I know he's very, very talented at calling these plays and seeing what's going to happen. With all that being said, holy God, the man is annoying. He is obsessed with Patrick Mahomes. And all he talks about is how great Patrick Mahomes is. And then all of a sudden it dawned on me. It dawned on me. I'm watching this and I'm thinking... Ugh, this is so, like, they just want the Chiefs to win so bad. And Patrick, uh, and Tony Romo won't shut up about Patrick Mahomes and his Michael Jordan of football and all these things. And then it dawns on me. And I looked at my husband and I said, do you think this is how people have felt about the Patriots for basically my entire life? And he said, probably. And I said, oh, I I got it. I got what the rest of the country has been feeling about us. And even though I get it, I will say, Jared, I think the Patriots are a little bit more lovable than the Chiefs. I think they were. But again, that could just be my blinders. I have I have rose colored glasses on. I was actually texting that with my buddy during the game um, about that. And the thing about it is what's frustrating about Patrick Mahomes is when Tom Brady came back or when Tom Brady did something great, when he beat you, it was because he prepped, he studied, he knew what plays you would call. 
He had lightning quick thinking ability. He could get the ball out or he could adjust. What's frustrating about Patrick Mahomes is if something goes wrong, he just runs around until somebody is open and then he heaves the ball down the field and somebody ends up catching it. You sound extremely biased here. Yes. I am extremely biased. Like now, that doesn't sound that doesn't sound like an opinion props, anyone could trust. You just said, "Oh, Tom Brady is so talented, so skilled, so this or that." I'm not he, saying Patrick Mahomes isn't skilled you, you and he's not talented. You can't argue that he's not. Yeah, I'm not arguing against Patrick Mahomes. Saying it's you sound like a scorned woman. Watch. You sound like a scorned woman right now, Jared. I You're respect. A scorned it. woman now. Wait till my album with Taylor drops. <laughs> I respect it, but I'm just letting you know that. I can hear it in yes, your voice. How how you I can felt, hear how it will sound to other people. How you felt is how everybody felt about the Patriots for twenty years. Yes. Yeah, and it really was like because because at one point somebody I was watching the the Super Bowl and somebody said to me, "Oh, the NFL they just want the Chiefs to win," and of course they do. I mean, they've been showing Taylor Swift this whole time. It's definitely profitable for them. It's definitely you know they they definitely are rooting for them. But then I again I was like. Well, you could argue that about the Patriots. You could argue that. I'm sure there was a lot of people who said, oh, it's all rigged for the Patriots. I just haven't been paying attention to that part of the world for a very long time. I have been so living in a world made of ice cream. And last night was a revelation for me. The other thing I want to say here, and I promise, guys, this is short. We're keeping it. I'm giving myself five minutes. The other thing I want to say here is the halftime show. Yesterday, in the morning, I tweeted out, I'm looking forward to Usher. I'm not going to lie to anybody. Immediately, I get. One guy says to me, Jared, Usher hasn't had a hit in 10 years. I'm like, do you think when Tom Petty, rest in peace. Does that matter? Well, when Tom Petty did the Super Bowl in 2008, do you think he had had a hit within the last 10 years? No, it's about the discography. It's about the entire library of music. So that's just a stupid argument. But the other thing is... What I realized about the halftime show is some people go into it wanting to hate it. I go into it hoping to love it. And that's just something that, I'm sorry, I'm a glass half full. I want to love it. I want to dance. I want to know the songs. There was rollerblades. There was dancers. There was Alicia Keys. I loved it. I loved it. And you can't tell me that I shouldn't have. The same thing happened with J-Lo and Shakira. Everyone's like, and that was disgusting. I'm like, when did everyone become such old farts? Just it's this halftime Super Bowl show. Shut up! Like, don't watch it then if you're going to be that cranky about it all the time. Yeah, my only criticism is uh, it was a little choppy, and the audio was not fantastic. And he was he was a little winded. Yeah, but I mean, it's a, a big part of it is stamina. You know, he's only a year older than I am, which is crazy to think about. Well, because I I really thought Usher was in like his fifties. Everyone kept point. saying, "Oh, millennials are going to be really enjoying this," and I was. There, there was a lot of songs I knew, but I think your generation knows even more of those songs because some of those are throwbacks. I uh, I remember going to the clubs in L.A. and oh, Usher would be on. Yeah, was the big one. I don't think I've ever heard such a scary sentence in my life. <laughs> I remember going to the clubs in L.A. and Usher would be on. Whew, I'm shuddering. So Yankee Doodles in Woodland Hills. But. <laughs> okay, so that was all I had to say. If you disagree, if you agree, you can call in. I'm sure I'll think of other stuff as the show goes on. But uh, yeah, it's always fun the day after the Super Bowl to kind of dissect it. The commercials wasn't very impressed, kind of random. I like the Duncan ones. I think those ones are kind of funny. Um, but yeah, nothing really to report back on the commercials. Now, there's plenty to talk about with politics. So let's get into it. In some good news, some excellent news, Israel rescued two hostages in an overnight raid of a house in Rafah, which is a city in southern Gaza. Um, And now on the topic of the Israel-Hamas war, because 
I've noticed the only time the White House really feels compelled to talk about Israel is if Biden wants to admonish Bibi Netanyahu. That's like the only time he comes out of his cave to tell us about what's happening is like, I'm trying to get them to stop going after the terrorists. I promise. So reports are out that he's allegedly, by the way, calling Bibi Netanyahu expletives behind the scenes. And as bad as that is, I also just don't believe that. Like the reports that come out about Biden being angry behind the scenes, I don't think he has the capability. Like, I don't think he has the capacity to know who Bibi Netanyahu is and then also be angry with him and then also call him a name. That to me just doesn't make sense. And we're going to talk about the fallout from this Robert Hur report because the special counsel report continues to be a really big story. And something I want to mention here is that I keep seeing in the mainstream media this attempt to compare Trump in Biden's cognitive abilities. And they keep saying, how's an old guy do that? Well, actually, Trump makes a lot of mistakes, too. And it's like, well, yeah, all humans make mistakes. I, I, I make gaffes plenty on this show. You guys, if you if you want to follow along, you could probably keep count. It happens a lot. But I don't think Trump talks about speaking with dead people. And then, and then Jared later tells the same story with different dead people. Same story, same, you know, things happening. Same set of circumstances, but different dead people subbed in. Until Trump starts doing that, I'm not going to do this, you know, like it's apples to apples. It's just not. So we're going to talk about that. We're also going to talk about this story about the United Nations Relief and Works Agency. We talked about them a couple of weeks ago because um, it came out that the UN agency is teaming with Hamas supporters and actually participants in October 7th. Well, there's a huge story out of Reuters about the tunnel network and whether or not the UNRWA Gaza headquarters knew about it. Also, Trump is in court for the classified docs hearing. Again, he's going to probably be in a lot of trouble because unlike Joe Biden, he wasn't keeping things nice and organized in a Zappos filing box. Yeah, Donald Trump is not a well-meaning elderly man with memory issues. So (laughs) unfortunately, court is in the future. Do you see Dr. B over the weekend, too? She comes out and she's like, people should be ashamed of them. Don't t- start tossing around the shame stuff with me, Jill. Okay? I'm not going to be shamed by you. If we want to play the shame game, Dr. Jill is first on the list. And you know what? I was I was bummed out because I was hoping that I was going to be able to write about this, but I just I, I wasn't able to work it in. You know who deserves an apology? I probably mentioned this before. Rachel Campos Duffy on Fox. A couple years ago, long before it was okay to say so, she said on the air, Dr. Jill should be ashamed of herself. She's Joe's wife. She's the only person who, you know, has the power to basically tell him to step aside. As his partner, she should be looking out for him. And the White House went crazy. And they like condemned her and they said she should apologize and she should be, you know, very embarrassed that she would ever say that. And it's like, um, okay, can she, where does she go to get her apology? Because I, I'm pretty sure she was dead on. And now I'm seeing all these think pieces in the New York Post and all these other places that are saying the same exact thing, you know, three years later.
844-500-4242. We have so much to get to. This poll that's out about Joe Biden's age is also worth talking about. Hillary Clinton is making comments about his age. Some people think maybe she's going to run. Kamala Harris says she's at the ready or something along those lines. We will talk about all of this. When we come back, it's 844-500-4242. Yeah, Kamala Harris ready to serve as questions about Biden's age, mental ability increase. Yeah, she's ready to serve. I don't, know if we're, <laughs> I don't know if we're ready. I don't know if the American people are ready for Kamala. That's just the vibe I'm getting. Um, we'll talk about all of this when we come back and we'll take your calls. I don't really care right now what it's about. If you want to talk about Biden's cognitive decline, if you want to talk about Gaza, if you want to talk about Trump, it's all. And by the way, Trump, Trump made waves this weekend, too. He's in a little bit of a hot water, which is nothing new. We'll talk about that. I've said it before and I'll say it again. Dr. Houghton of Perfect Smiles is a superb architect. I love Dr. Houghton. He's awesome. He's so, 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 so nice. And he's very talented. He knows exactly what he's doing. And when it comes to your smile, people get nervous. I I get it. I have a lot of people in my family who it's always like a scary thing when you're going to the dentist. You get a little bit nervous. You're afraid it's going to hurt. You're afraid all these questions. And what I love about Dr. Houghton is he's going to walk you through it. His entire team, they're very gentle. They go at your own pace. They explain what they're going to do. And they want to give you the best experience possible. They want to make sure it's going to work for you and for your vision about your smile. So take care of yourself because you deserve it. Call Perfect Smiles in Nashua, New Hampshire. They're conveniently located off of Route 3. They have plenty of parts. And you can reach them at perfectsmiles.com. The better you look, the better you feel. Don't think, oh, well, I don't need to really worry about that because it's about me and I should focus on other things. No, if you fix your smile, if you feel proud of your smile, a lot of parts of your life are going to become easier and they're going to improve. So check them out at perfectsmiles.com. You can see their video testimonials there. That's perfectsmiles.com. Change your smile, change your life. We will be right back. How do you think Trump's classified docs hearing and the the report on Trump is going to be different from Joe Biden? Like Jared said, I don't think they're going to give him the get out of jail free pass, which I it's so poetic that they're giving Biden a pass by saying he's an old man. He, he doesn't know what he's doing. He can't stand trial. And he's so old and so feeble that he doesn't understand that. So he's fighting it. He's like, I'm not old. Well, if you're not old, buddy, then you're guilty as hell. Pick one. We'll be right back. The Grace Curley Show will be right back. This is The Grace Curley Show. Today's poll question is brought to you by Silva and Salinas, a small law firm with a proven track record of big results, whether it's family law, criminal defense, or some other legal concern. You might have heard of one of their legal cases they've been fighting in the news recently. Mark Salinas and his team are with you from the start. Uh, Learn more about Silva and Salinas at sslawteam.com. That's sslawteam.com. Jared, what is the poll question and what are the results thus far? Today's poll question, which you can vote in at gracecurlyshow.com, is which matchup would you feel the best about? Trump versus Biden, Trump versus Hillary, or Trump versus Kamala? 
or Kamala, as Joe Biden would say. So Hillary Clinton does this interview. And Jared, do you tell me it was ABC that she did it with? Uh, MSNBC. MSNBC with Alex Wagner. But is there sound of it? There, in fact, is. There is sound of it. Okay, so she does this interview, and she's talking she's about... She's the serpent <laughs> who well, guards that... the gates of hell. <laughs> I don't know why that cut never gets old to me. Truly doesn't. She's talking about how Biden's age is an issue. And I love how they're saying this, like they're they're telling us something we don't know. Like, it's so nice that you finally came to this very logical, common sense point of view that age is indeed an issue as the president is referencing dead people every time he gets on stage. Thank you, Hillary. Thank you for allowing us to acknowledge the most obvious thing of all time. Anyway, though, she does this interview and she says age is an issue. And now everyone's taking that as like Hillary's Hillary's going to join in and she's it's going to be a matchup of Hillary versus Trump. And this is this is the thing about Biden. You know, everyone's saying the 25th Amendment. There's no way he should be president. But then at the same time, we got to ask ourselves, like, would we rather go up against Biden? Would, Would we rather have Trump versus Biden? Because. That might be easier for him to beat than one of these other options. But then I also go, well, he was able to beat Hillary. He wasn't able to beat Joe Biden. He was able to beat Hillary Clinton. So maybe he has a better chance if it's Hillary again. Maybe people's hate for Hillary supersedes their hate for Joe Biden. But no, but no, but no. But then I I really do think that there is no way he could lose at this point to Joe Biden. With the current state Joe Biden's in. And I know you never say never. It's always possible. But I like that matchup the best. So I'm going to go Trump versus Biden. Keep it the way it is. Keep it the way it is. Don't focus so much on Biden. Focus on the Democrat policies and and the the state of the country right now. But I definitely think that um, Joe Biden's age and his decline is the easiest way for Trump to get into the White House. 61% say Trump versus Biden. 33% say Trump versus Kamala, and 6% for Trump versus Hillary. Yeah, because Kamala's approval rating is lower than Joe, so you'd assume that she would be even easier to beat. But I don't know. I don't know. I don't know if I trust that. Um, I I wanted to give everyone a heads up. We got a lot going on at the Howie Carr website today, HowieCarshow.com. As you guys know, Howie oftentimes comes up with T-shirts. He came up with them one this weekend, and that is available for pre-order. Check it out. You can see it on the website, HowieCarshow.com. He's going to explain... Um, I think how he got this idea, I'll let him do that when he when he joins um, or I'll let him do it on his show later on. But I also wanted to mention to people on that same front, if you go to the Howie Car Show website and you click on store, there was a really good cheap aster deal last week. And I was shocked today to find out that it was still up there. Maria's restaurant in Portland, Maine. Make sure you grab that because I am a huge fan of Maria's and I'm just surprised. Best Best meatballs, best sauce. I'm just surprised it's still up there, so I wanted to give you guys that heads up. Uh, but pre-order, HowieCarsher.com. He will explain all the details uh, later on, but you guys can hop on that now. 844-500-4242. So Hillary Clinton says Biden's age is an issue in dire week for Sleepy Joe as top Democrat and the New York Times both turn on the president. We're going to talk about this. We're going to play sound for you. And we are also going to get into what is happening in the Israel-Hamas war and the parts of this that Joe Biden does not want to talk about. And also, 
in some surprising news, a promotion at the Biden White House. If you think you've seen failing up before, you haven't seen nothing yet. We'll talk about that when we return. Do not go anywhere. This is The Grace Curley Show. Live from the Aviva Trattoria studio. Welcome back, everyone, to the Grace Curley Show. 781 texts in. We should not be calling out Biden's deficiencies at this point in time. We should wait until we get closer to the election so that the Democrats don't start offering up another choice. As you said, it will be easy to defeat Biden considering his record. We don't need a third or fourth alternative to Biden. Yeah, I don't disagree, but take a listen to what Hillary Clinton said and tell me if I'm totally off by being a little bit concerned about this. Um, This is Cut 7, Hillary Clinton on MSNBC. The X factor in all of this, the thing that we keep seeing in poll after poll after poll is concern about Biden's age. Mm -hmm. Full stop. Mm -hmm. What should he do on this? Does he, is it, is a matter of sort of like uh, underscoring his boundless energy mm-hmm. or or should he embrace his you know eight decades on earth and the and the great wisdom he's gained through all of this i, I, I mean do you all have of the above all yeah. of the above i mean i you know i talk to people in the white house all the time yeah. and you know they know it's an issue but as i like to say look it's a legitimate issue it's a legitimate issue for trump who's only three years younger right so it's an issue but it's not the same and and, and right there you're really banking on people being dumb just to even imply that we're dealing with the same thing with Trump and Biden. We're just not. I don't like everything Trump says. I can be critical of Trump. Trust me, I get heat for it on the rumble chat and on other places. But you're not going to catch me trying to claim that Trump and Biden are in the same realm as far as their cognitive abilities. It's just not true. And if you're willing to lie about that, I don't trust anything else you have to say. Of course, it's Hillary Clinton, so I don't trust anything she's saying, period. But let's take cut eight. This is also Hillary uh, talking about what Biden should do um, when it comes to this legitimate issue. And now it's a legitimate issue, Jared. For years and years and years when we were talking about this, I was told that I was making things up, that I was throwing red meat to the audience, that I was making a lot something out of nothing. Biden's fine. He's Socratic. He reads books. He leaves the light on because he's reading so late at night. He asks questions. You know, he goes through every issue from the PDB and just talks about it over and over again with his staff. And he gets mad if somebody else doesn't understand it or somebody doesn't have all the questions, all the answers he needs. And that's what the narrative was. And then all of a sudden, this special counsel report comes out and they all go, well, it's a legitimate issue. Oh, when did you come to that conclusion? Why were you denying it for three and a half years? This is what else she had to say, cut eight. I think Biden also should lean in to the fact that he's experienced. And that experience is not just in the political arena. It's like the stuff of, you know, human experience. Character. Character, wisdom. I think he should be willing to really hold that out. That's the biggest lie they've ever pushed. That That is, to me... The most in- insulting part of the con is this idea that he has some sort of, you know, uh, 
wonderful character that he is a very humane decent that's the word decent moral person that's just not true it's just not true and he's gonna have to lean into this jared he's gonna have to lean in so far he falls right over into he's gonna this. lean in and sniff it you can bet you can bet on that and uh hillary clinton saying it now kamala harris is saying that she's ready to serve so this is from the post-millennial it says, according to a Monday report from the Wall Street Journal, Harris told the outlet, I am ready to serve. There's no uh-huh. oh, yeah. there's no question about that when she was asked about the concerns regarding Biden's age and decline. And there's plenty of concerns about it. Now, while all of this is happening and people want to talk about and I don't blame anyone for focusing on the parts of this special counsel report that stood out to us. And I said this when I first read it, but I think it remains true. No one is surprised by the descriptions of Joe Biden. People are surprised that Robert Hur had the audacity to actually write it down, to record this, to record what he was seeing with his own eyes. That To do more in that special counsel report than our mainstream media has done in four years. That's what's surprising people. And because of that, And you're focused on things like the fact that he couldn't remember when his son died and he couldn't remember when he was vice president. He couldn't remember what leader he was talking to. And he's an old, feeble man who's well-intentioned or, you know, however that description went. People are missing a really big part of this report. And I was kind of looking into it because you can read the whole thing. And a lot of it has to do with this ghostwriter. And when Joe Biden was talking to the press, he was adamant that he did not disclose any confidential information, any classified information, which of course is false. Her put that on like page three. So right there, he's lying. But at the Federalist, and I think this is Margot Cleveland. I have to assume this excerpt that I found is from Margot Cleveland because she's always on top of the Biden scandals. She talks about some of the material that was covered in this uh, under lock and key, very, very organized storage facilities like next to Joe Biden's Corvette, the, the wet Zappos box filing cabinet that Joe Biden keeps. OK, and they, they want to they want you to believe That it's a whole lot of nothing. And because this is how they're going to frame it differently. Like, unlike Trump, who had classified information involving nuclear weapons that he was selling to our adversaries. That's that's the vision they want to put in your mind. Versus Joe Biden, who had a lot of mementos for his memoirs. He just had things he wrote down. He just had things that, you know, he didn't want to forget. Just, you know, important things to him. Well, listen to what he had, okay? Because I want to get into some of the details of actually what was in the garage, what was in the closet, what was in above the steakhouse, in the office, in the think tank, wherever. It says, among the material recovered from President Biden's unauthorized storage locales were several top secret and otherwise classified or confidential documents discussing Ukraine. Hmm. Isn't that something? There seems to be this invisible string tying Joe Biden to Ukraine. And it goes way, 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 way back. One undated document discussed issues related to Russian aggression toward Ukraine. Another, dated September 17, 2014, 
consisted of a memorandum for the vice president from staff members with subject, ready for this, U.S. energy assistance to Ukraine. Oh, boy. Hmm. For some strange reason, I feel like I have discussed energy and Ukraine and the Bidens before. I'm having deja vu. Also dated September 17, 2014, was an event memo from a vice presidential national security staffer titled Lunch with Ukrainian President Poroshenko, which was scheduled for the following day. Amazing. Amazing. Now, I'm not saying that the lead here with this report is the fact that Joe Biden has lost his marbles. That, of course, is the lead. But I do think that the media wants you to completely brush by what was actually in these classified documents, because as Joe Biden said, it's different. It's different than it is for Trump. And he didn't he, he comes out for that press briefing. And the more I keep thinking about this, the more I think that was his call. The more I think he said to his staffers, I'm going out there. I'm defending my honor. You know, let me out. And so they let him off the leash. They let him go. And it's a disaster. But think about the fact that he decides to do that. This this tells you a lot about how politically inept he is right now. He decides to do that press briefing, which is going to go down in history as one of the worst ever. Not just his worst, but one of the worst ever for a president. He decides to do that appearance, whatever you want to call it, address. But he skips the Super Bowl interview, which we know, if history is any guide, was going to be a softball PR stunt for the Biden administration. It was going to be edited. It was going to be questions about what's on your Super Bowl menu. Do you like nachos? Sometimes the cheese all gets stuck together. How do you deal with that? Like that, that was going to be the interview. And he skips that. But he does this press briefing. Now, he didn't totally skip out on any sort of appearance during the Super Bowl. Because I guess right beforehand, on X, he put out this weird PSA. And how he sends me an email about it today, <laughs> he goes, I, is this AI? And that's a standing headline for seeing a video of Joe Biden. You see a video of Joe Biden and you're a journalist or you're somebody who's going to talk about it. You should always ask yourself, is this real? Because most of the stuff he puts out, it seems like some sort of joke. This is what he had to say amidst all of this controversy, amidst the the scandal of the dis, uh, the classified documents, his age, Israel, Hamas, everything that's going on in the world. This is what Joe Biden puts out on his social media. Can I have cut five, please? The Super Bowl Sunday. If you're anything like me, you like to be surrounded by a snack or two while watching the big game. You know, when buying snacks for the game, you might have noticed one thing. Sports drinks bottles are smaller. A bag of chips has fewer chips, but they're still charging it just as much. And as an ice cream lover, what makes me the most angry is that ice cream cartons have actually shrunk in size, but not in price. I've had enough of what they call shrinkflation. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. The American public is tired of being played for suckers. Calling on some of these, some of these companies are shrinking their products and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. You know what I would say? Some of the leaders in this country are trying to tell us that the president 
the emperor still has clothes when he's clearly walking about butt naked. And I would say to that, give me a break. Rome is burning and Joe Biden is fiddling around with the Doritos pack. That is what's going on right now. This is, and you know what's funny is we, we talked about this on Friday because Elizabeth Warren was putting out tweets because this is she's on the warpath of this too. Like, Oreos, uh, this is ridiculous. I'm going to get me a beer to deal with the stress of the fact that I'm not getting enough chips. And trust me, I don't like shrinkflation. It's affected donuts everywhere. But I, I would hope he has other things to worry about. It's like the stuff he focuses on his priorities, it's never what you'd think shrinkflation, junk fees, leg room at the airport. Yeah, the junk fees, I believe, coincided with the East Palestine train derailments. Yeah, by the way, wasn't he supposed to go there? Uh, he's he's going to go there to, to mark the anniversary, you know? Oh, okay. So he'll, he'll get there. Don't, don't you worry. I keep Greg. checking his public schedule. He'll get there. I keep checking his schedule. Today, uh, today there wasn't a lot today. He's got some meetings, n- nothing really that big going on. Yeah, he on. gave some speech. There's already rambling idiocy from that. He's so. meeting up with Howie's friend from Deerfield. Do you know who I'm talking about? Um, I probably he's a, do. He's a world it, leader. He escapes my... We'll talk. Well, you know what? That'll be a good tease. We'll talk about it when we come back because I'm very curious. I think he's probably done with the press conferences, but sometimes when he meets with world leaders, they want to take questions and he doesn't. So it gets a little dicey. Um, We'll talk about that when we come back. What else is on Joe Biden's schedule for the day? And also, I want to talk about this story from right here in Massachusetts. This is pretty unbelievable. A couple in Massachusetts offers up their home for illegal aliens and says, we will house illegal aliens. And they get taken up on their offer real quick. And I think the speed, the urgency in which their offer was, you know, what's the word I'm thinking? Accepted. Accepted, thank you. <laughs> it's Monday, give me a break here. I think that, took, that, that shocked them a little bit. They were a little taken aback. They didn't expect it to happen that quickly. I don't know if they thought they they were just offering it up like a sanctuary city type thing. Oh, we'll take in everyone. And then they didn't think it was actually going to happen. But we have sound of it, if you can believe that. We'll talk about all of this when we come back. Don't go anywhere. And I want to tell you guys about J.J. Manning Auctioneers. I was talking to a friend of mine this weekend who was asking me to explain you know, the process of auctioning your real estate. And I said, listen, I've talked to Justin Manning. I've talked to Charlie Gill. But I'm not an expert. I, I know that the pros of it versus the cons. Um, and I can tell you that I think it's a really, really great avenue for people. But you should really talk to Charlie yourself and call 800-521-0111 because they can explain whether or not this is going to be something that works for you. And, and I think people are surprised. A lot of people are surprised that it will work for them and all the benefits of selling your real estate via auction versus the more traditional ways. So auctions are one of the oldest forms of commerce known to man. They're how economies determine values for assets and commodities. So just because your parents listed their house for sale at a set price doesn't mean you have to. In the Manning method, there are no contingencies. The buyer signs their exclusive PNS and makes a 10 percent non-refundable deposit that day so you set the terms which all buyers must follow 
JJ Manning uses their own 30-30 marketing plan, 30 days of marketing, saturation, and 30 days to close. And they use this plan because it works. They've got the recipe down pat. There's no deviations to the purchase, and the buyer's feet are kept to the fire, which is always a good thing. To learn more on how to get your commercial, residential, or land so quickly, contact Charlie Gill. He's your guy. It's 800 521 0111 or if you want to check it out online and see a little bit more of the properties they're selling and how you can figure it out for yourself you can go to jjmanning.com it's 800-521-0111 or go to jjmanning.com when we come back we're going to talk all about this and tiktok in the news not for the reasons you might think don't go anywhere you're listening to the grace curly show This is The Grace Curley Show. This is a little bit of news for you from ABC 13. It says Lakewood Church shooting. So that's Joel Austin's church. Woman accused of opening fire at Austin's church had pro-Palestinian message on gun, sources say. Two people, including a five-year-old boy who was with the suspect, are in the hospital. The woman accused of opening fire was shot and killed by two off-duty officers. So this is out of Houston, Texas. We'll keep you pushed on this. I saw another bit of news regarding this. I'm just waiting for it to be confirmed by a couple different sources before we go with it. Uh, 844-500-4242. Everyone's really liking the um, shrinkflation ad from Joe Biden. Hey, maybe that's why he didn't do the CBS Super Bowl interview. He thought, you know what? I've got, I've got a real good clip in the can that I can put out there on Twitter. It's a ripoff. Some companies are trying to pull a fast one by shrinking the products little by little and hoping you won't notice. Give me a break. What is that music? The American public is tired of being played for suckers. I'm calling on companies to put a stop to this. What is this music in the background? I think it's supposed to be some type of like NFL-ish. Oh, because it's similar to the the old soundtrack of NFL films, but I don't know. Oh, by the way, who knows, Jared? The audience that we have here, and I love you guys so much. I hope you know that. But you guys are gluttons for punishment. Because 617 says you should ask the audience what they think about Travis Kelsey almost knocking down his coach and screaming at him. Do you want me to continue to talk football? Because I just didn't think anybody on the face of the planet would be asking for more of that. But you know what? Since you brought it up, 617, since you've given me the The opportunity, I will take it. I thought it was bizarre. I thought it was bizarre. And Andy Reid, I mean, he is, not only is he a legend, I know sometimes older people don't like to be called that, but he's not very steady on his feet. Like he said, he was joking around about it after, something about his hip, but he looked like he was going to fall over. And Travis Kelsey's a big dude. I guess he was mad. This is just what I've heard. And they're saying that there could be mic recordings. We could get some some hot mic moments and figure out what, what it was about. But from what I've read, and if this is true, it's unacceptable. He was mad that he wasn't in one of the plays where something happened. I'm not going to try to explain it. I'm not Tony Romo. Okay? I'm not Tony Romo. And I'm happy that I'm not Tony Romo. Because based off Twitter yesterday, he was annoying everyone. 
But just because you're angry about something, you can't start screaming at your coach. And you know what? As much as people want to say to me, Grace, this is how we all felt about the Patriots. You guys were annoying. You were obnoxious. Tom Brady never did that. Tom Brady never did that to Bill Belichick. Yeah, did he throw an iPad down sometimes? Sure. But did he ever shove the coach? No. No, he did not. Because we were just class acts. 844-500-4242. When we come back, we got a lot of news to get to. We'll take a lot of your calls. Don't go anywhere. It's Monday. And this is The Grace Curly Show.